episode of the Apprentice Thoughts is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use the code Talk pop for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hardest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. Simply shuffle off, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your order. This episode of the Franchise Talks is powered by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a service that gives you a unique IP address powered by a VPN or a virtual private network which will protect your data and browsing data from hackers, the internet service provider, and the government. It's like having a second lock on the front door. ExpressVPN provides a massive encryption tool known as a tunnel, which replaces your current IP address to random unique IP addresses connected to 97 countries' very own different unique servers. It would take hackers hundreds of years to get your information. It is powered by a 256-bit encryption tool used by the government. ExpressVPN does not keep any records of your browsing history to serve with a peace of mind. ExpressVPN lets you access geolog content whether you switch your location to a different country's server with just a couple of clicks. For example, Studio Ghibli films are available on Netflix internationally. So all we have to do is open Netflix on the browser, click on ExpressVPN, switch the location to Canada, refresh, and type in Studio Ghibli and get access to the entire library. It's that simple! You can use ExpressVPN to shop region-specific sites to avoid price discrimination. ExpressVPN can be used on smartphones, tablets, smart TVs, game consoles, PCs, and more. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular, $99.95 for a year, with savings of 35% off a month. They offer the best-in-class security and encryption. They have no activity logs or connection logs. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and the Apple Store. Right now, listeners of the Franchise Talks get three months added for free by signing up using our link expressvpn.com slash talkbop. Once again, expressvpn.com slash talkbop. Now let's get on with the show!
What up, fam boys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of the Podcast Talks, a pop culture podcast. I am Saki, your virtual MC, and now here's your lovely host, the Podcast. Thank you so much, Saki. Welcome again, everybody. It's been a while. I am the franchise, and thank you, Saki, again with that incredible introduction. I know it's been a while, guys, and I've been going through some stuff mentally, so I needed to take a break for the week. So hopefully everyone's doing good. We're at the end of March. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happening in theaters. As you know, John Wick Chapter 4 just got released. Definitely got to take the opportunity to go check that out. Um, also, too, um, C2E2 is coming up. If you're not from the Chicago area, C2E2 is a pop culture convention. They cover anything when it comes to comics, movie, music, wrestling, and many, many anime, and many more. So I will have the opportunity to be at C2E2. I'll be going there on Sunday, April 2nd. Uh, me and Biko, my bro, will be dressed as the Meyer Brothers. So if you want to check out and say hi... Make sure to find us there at C2E2 on Sunday from the hours of 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We'll probably be just walking the floor, checking out all the exhibits, checking out all the stalls, also artist walkway, see who's signing autographs, and pretty much chilling out with the rest of the folks. And also, too, WrestleMania is coming up this weekend as well, April 1st and 2nd. We're getting two nights of wrestling, so looking forward to that as well. But today, did with mental health. I want to like things I like to do when I have mental health issues is to read. So that's why today, I said, you know what? Today's episode is all about reading. So, of course, when it comes to copyright law, there's certain things we can't or cannot read. So, fortunately for this work, literally work, I decided to find a book that pretty much the public, the author has been dead for thousands and thousands of years. So, it's one of my favorite stories growing up in high school. We were studying Greek mythology and Greek history as well. So I ended up picking up this edition of Homer's The Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, this is all published by, let me scroll up the character publisher. It's published by Fingerprint Publishing. And this is translated by Samuel Butler. So, so I'm going to try to get as much as I can to get through these books. Like the way this is The Iliad Odyssey is one of those epic poems written by the author Homer, who many believe lived around during that time and pretty much if you're not familiar with the Iliad and the Odyssey it's been you know adapted to many many you know parodies or it's been referenced when it comes to Greek history um you've probably seen I remember the show growing up Wishbone did a little bit on the Odyssey as well but not many people talk about the Iliad because these two stories actually intertwine it all focuses around the Trojan War and the aftermath. So we're going to start with the Iliad. We're going to see if we can try to get through book one and book two today. And we're probably going to make this kind of like a every other week. Or maybe if you do enjoy me doing this weekly, let me know on Twitter at PodCult85. You want to tweet me and say, hey, keep going. I just want to, you know, share some of my audible reading this. And, you know, share some, you know, stories that have been done thousands thousand years that never get talked about now. That get never get talked a lot. Sorry. <laughs> so, what else for to do? And don't forget, I will try to be acting out some of the characters as best of my ability. I try to do amateur impressions. So, hope you guys enjoyed as well. And maybe I'll have Saki chime in with my virtual MC every once in a while when it comes to female character parts. So, hopefully you enjoy the Iliad and the Odyssey. So let me get it swill. 
of my water with lemon and we'll get started. And this starts with book one, the war between Agamemnon and Achilles. Achilles withdraws from the war and sends his mother, Thetis, asks Jove to help the Trojans. See between Jove and Juno on Olympus. Sing, O goddess, the acre of Achilles, son of Peleus, that brought countless ills upon the Achaeans. Many a brave soul did it send hurrying down to Hades, and many a hero did it yield a prey to dogs and vultures. For so were the counsels of Jove fulfilled from the day on which the son of Atreus, king of men, and the great Achilles first fell out with one another. And which of the gods was it that sent them out to the quarrel? It was the son of Jove and Leto, for when he was angry with the king, it sent a pestilence upon the host to play the people between the son of Atreus and the dishonor Creases his priest. Now Creases has come to the ships of the Athenians to free his daughter, and had brought with him a great ransom. Moreover, he bore in his hand the scepter of Apollo, wreathed with a suppliant's wreath, and he besought the Achaeans by most of all the two sons of Atreus, who were their chiefs. Sons of Atreus, he cried, and all our Achaeans, may the gods who dwell in Olympus grant you to sack the city of Priam, and to reach your homes in safety, but free my daughter, and accept a ransom for her in reverence to Apollo, son of Jove. On this, the rest of the Kenyans with one voice were for respecting the priest and taking the ransom that he offered, but not so Agamemnon, who spoke fiercely to him and sent him roughly away. <sighs> oh man, said he, let me not find you tearing about our ships, nor yet coming there hereafter. Your scepter of the god and your wreath shall profit you nothing. I will not free her. She shall grow old in my house at Argos, far from her own home, visiting herself with her loom and visiting my couch. So go and do not provoke me or shall be worse for you. The old man feared him and obeyed. Not a word he spoke, but went by the shore of the surrounding sea and prayed to apart the king Apollo, whom lovely Leto had borne. Hear me, he cried, O god of the silver bow. Thou protectest Creasy and holy Celia and rulest Tenedos. With thy might hear me, O thou hast might. If I have ever decked your temple with garlands or burn your thigh bones and fat of bulls or goats and grant my prayer and let your arrows avenge these my tears upon the Danans. Thus did he pray and Apollo heard his prayer. He came down furious for the summits of Olympus with his bow and quiver upon his shoulder and the arrows ran on his back with the rage that troubled within him. He sat himself down away from the ships with a face as dark as night and his silver bow rang death as he shot his arrow into the midst of them. First he smote their mules and their hounds, but presently he aimed his shafts at the people themselves. And all day long the pyres of the dead were burning. For nine whole days he shot his arrows among the people. But upon the tenth day Achilles called them an assembly, and moved thereto by Juno, who saw the kings in their death throes and had compassion upon them. Then when they were got together, he rose and spoke among them. Son of Atreus, I think that we should now turn roving home. We would escape destruction, for we are being cut down by war and pestilence at once. Let's ask some priest or some prophet or some reader of dreams, whose dreams too are of Jove, who can tell us why Phobius Apollo is so angry and say whether it is for some vow that we have broken or Hecatoon that we had not offered, and whether he will accept the savior of lambs and goats without blemish so as to take away the play from us. With these words, he sat down and 
Calcus, son of Thestor, wisest of augurs, knew things past and present to come and rose to speak. He it who was who had guided Achaeans with their fleet to Ilius through the prophesizing in which Phobius Apollo had inspired him. But also Sarah and Gobil addressed him thus Achilles, love of heaven, you bid me tell you about the anger of King Apollo. I will therefore do so by consider first and swear that you will stand by me heartily in the word and deed. For I know that I shall offend one who rules the Argives with might to whom the Achaeans are in subjection. A plain man cannot stand against the anger of a king, who, if he swallow displeasure now, will yet nurse revenge though he has wreck it. Consider therefore whether or no you will protect me. And Achilles answered, Ah, fear not, but speak as if born and upon you from heaven, for by Apollo, Calchas, to whom you pray, and whose oracles reveal to us, not a Danaan as our ship shall lay up his hand upon you, while yet live to look upon the face of earth. No, not through your name, Agamemnon himself, who is by far the foremost of the Canians. Therion the seeker spoke boldly. Ah, the god, he said, in angry need about vow, no hecatomb, but for his priest's sake, whom Agamemnon has dishonored, in that he will not free. His daughter, nor take a ransom for her, therefore has he has sent these evils upon us, and yet sent others. He will not deliver the Danans from the pestilence till Agamemnon has restored the girl without fee or ransom for, to her father, and has set a holy hecatomb to Crecy. Thus we may perhaps appease him. Um, with these words he sat down, Agamemnon rose in anger. His heart was black with rage, and his eyes flashed fires and skull. On Kelly's and said, Seer of evil, you have never yet prophesied smooth things concerning me, but have ever loved to foretell which was evil. You have brought me neither comfort nor performance, and now you come seeing a Mondanans and saying that Apollo has plagued us because I would not take a ransom for this girl, the daughter of Creases. I have set my heart on keeping her in my own house, for I love her better than even my own wife, Clemestestra. Who appears she is alike in form and feature in understanding and accomplishments. So I would give her up if I must. But I will have the people live, not die. But you must find me a prize instead, or I alone among the Argaves should be without one. This is not well, for you behold all of you that my prize is to go elsewhither. And Achilles answered, Most noble son of Atreus, convince you beyond all mankind. How shall the Achaeans find yourself find you another prize? We have no common store from which to take one. Those we took from the cities have been awarded. We cannot disallow the wars that have been made great or made already. Get this girl, therefore, to the god, and if ever Jove grants us to sack the city of Troy, we'll require you three and fourfold. Then Agamemnon said, Achilles, valiant through you be, you should not thus outwit me. Should I overreach? And you should not persuade me. Are you to keep your own prize while I'll sit tamely under my loss and I give up the girl at your bidding? Let the Canians find me a prize of fair exchange to my liking, or I will come and take your own, or that of Ajax, or that of Ulysses, that he too, whomsoever I may come, shall rule my coming. But of this we will take thought hereafter. For the present, let us draw a ship into the sea and find a crew for her expressly. Let us put a hecatomb on the board and let us send Crasius also. For let some chief man among us to be in command 
either Ajax or Idomeneus, or yourself, son of Peleus, mighty warrior that you are, that we may offer sacrifice to appease the anger of the gods. Achilles scowled at him and answered, hmm. You are steeped in insolence and lust of gain, but what heart can any of the Achaeans do your bidding? Either on the foray or in open fighting? I came not warring here for any ill the Trojans have done me. I have no quarrel with them. They have not raided my cattle, nor my horses, nor cut down my harvests on the rich plains of Pythia. For between me and them, there is a great space, both mountain and sounding sea. We have followed you, sir, insolence, for your pleasure, not ours, to gain satisfaction from the Trojans for your shameless self and for Menelaus. You forget this and threaten to rob me of the prize for which I have toiled and for which the sons of the Achaeans have given me? Neither when the Achaeans sack any rich city of the Trojans do I receive so good a prize as you do. But it is my hands that do the better part of the fighting. With the sharing comes, you share as far the largest, and I, forsooth, must go back to my ships, take what I can get, and be thankful when my labor of fighting is done. Now, therefore, I shall go back to Pythia. It will be much better for me to return home with my ships, for I will not stay here this honor to gather gold and substance for you. And Agamemnon answered, Fly if you will, I shall make you no prayers to stay here. I have others who would do me honor, and above all, Jove, the Lord of Consul. There is no king here so hateful to me as you are, for you are ever quarrelsome and ill-affected. What though you be brave, was it not heaven that made you so? Go home then with your ships and comrades to lord it over to the Myrmidians. I care neither for you nor for your anger. That thus will I do. I do. Since Phobius Apollo is taking Creseus from me, I shall send her with my ship and my followers. I shall come to your tent and take your own prize, Creseus, that you may learn how much stronger I am than you are, that another may fear to set himself upon as the equal or compatible with me. Son of Peleus was furious, and his heart with his shaggy breast was divided whether to draw his sword push the others aside, and kill the son of Atreus, or to restrain himself and check his anger. While he was with thus in two minds and drawing his mighty sword from his scabbard, Minerva came down from heaven, for Juno had sent her in the love she bore to them both, and seized the son of Peleus by yellow hair, visible to him alone, and all the others man can see her. Achilles turned in maze, and by the fire that flashed from her eyes at once knew that she was, she was Minerva. Why are you here? said he, daughter of Aegeus Achilles, oh sorry, Achilles turned in amaze, and by the fire that flashed from her eyes at once, know that she was Minerva. Why are you here? said he, daughter of Aegeus, bearing Jove, the seat of pride of Agamemnon, son of Atreus, let me tell you, and it shall be, surely be, he shall pay for this insolence with his life. And Minerva said, I come from heaven, if you will hear me. To bid you stay your anger, Juno has sent me, who cares for both of you alike, cease. Then this brawling, and do not draw your sword. Rail at him if you will, and your railing will not be vain. For I tell you, it shall surely be that you shall hereafter receive gifts. Three times has splendid by the reason of this prince insult. Hold therefore and obey. Goddess, answered Achilles, however angry a man may be, he must do as you two command him. This will be best, 
for the gods have here the prayers home who has he obeyed him. He stayed his hand the silver hilt the sword and thrust it back to the scabbard as Minerva bade him. Then she went back to Olympus among the gods of the house of Aegeus bearing Jove. But the son of Helios again began willing at the son of Caius, for he was still in rage. Wine biber, he cried, with the face of a dog and the heart of a hen. You never dare to go out with the host in the fight, nor yet with our chosen man in absent cave. You shun this as you do death himself. You had rather go around and rob his prices from any man who contradicts you. You devour your people, for you are the king over a few folk, otherwise son of Atreus. Therefore you insult no man. Therefore I say and swear with a great oath. Nay, by this my scepter's shall sprout neither leaf nor shoot nor bud in you. From the day on which it left its parent stem upon the mountains for which the axe stripped of leaf and bark, and now the sons of the Canians bear it as the judges and guardians of the decrees of heaven. So surely and solemnly do I swear that thereafter they shall look fondly for Achilles and shall not find him. In this day of distress, when your men fall dying by the murderous hand of Hector, you should not know how to help them and don't surrender your heart with the rage for the hour in which you offer insult to the bravest of Achilles. With this, the son of Helios dashes go, bestowed a scepter on the ground, and took his seat. While the son of Atreus was beginning fiercely from his place upon the other side, then upon arose smooth-tongued Nestor, the fastest speaker of Helios, and the words fell upon his lips sweeter than honey. Two generations of men born and bred. Fred and Peleus had passed away under his rule, and he was now reigning over the third. With all sincere goodwill, therefore he addressed them thus. Oh, of a truth, he said, a great sorrow has befallen the Acadian land. Surely Priam with his sons would rejoice, and the Trojans would be glad at heart if they could hear this quarrel between you two. Who are so excellent in fight and counsel, I am older than either of you. Therefore, be guided by me. Moreover, I have been familiar friend of men even greater than you are, and did not disregard my counsel. Never again can I behold such a man as Pythias and Dyrus, shepherd of his people, or as Canius, Exidius, godlike Polymetheus, and Theseus, son of Aegeus, peer of the immortals. These were the mightiest men ever been poured upon this earth. Mightiest were they, and when they fought the fiercest tribes of mountain savages, they utterly overthrew them. I came from the distant Pylos, and went about among them, for they would not would have me come, and I fought as if it was in me to do. Not a man now living could withstand them, but they heard my words and were persuaded by them. So be it also with yourselves, for this is a more excellent way. Therefore, Agamemnon. Though you may be strong, take not this girl away for the sons of the Achaeans that have already given her to Achilles, and you, Achilles, strive not further with the king, for no man who by the grace of Jove wields a scepter has like honor with Agamemnon. You are strong and have a goddess for your mother. But Agamemnon is stronger than you, for he has more people under him. Son of Atreus, check your anger, I implore you, end this quarter with Achilles, who in this day of battle is a tower of strength to the Achaeans? And Agamemnon answered, Sir, all that you have said is true, but this fellow must needs become a lord and master. He must be lord of all, king of all, captain of all, and thou this shall hardly be. Granted that the gods have made him a great warrior, have they also given him the right to speak with railing? Achilles interrupted him. As you 
be a mean coward. Were I to give in to you on all things, or about people about, not me? For I shall obey no longer. Furthermore, I say, and lay with my say to your heart, I shall fight neither you nor any man about this girl. And for those that will take were those who also gave. But of all else, that is at my ship and shall carry away nothing but force. Try that others may see. If you do, my spear shall be redden with your blood. When they had quarreled thus angrily, they rose, broke up the assembly of the ships of the Kenians. The son of Peleus went back to his tents and ships with the son of Manatius and his company, while Agamemnon drew a vessel into the water and chose the crew of twenty oarsmen. He escorted Creseus on board and sent moreover to a hecatomb for the gods, and Ulysses went as captain. These then went on board and sailed through their ways over the sea. But the son of Atreus bade the people purify themselves, so they purified themselves and cast their fifth filth into the sea. Then they offer hecatombs of bulls and goats without blemish and on the seashore. And the smoke with the savior of the sacrifice rose hurry upon towards the heaven. Thus did they busy themselves throughout the host, but Agamemnon did not forget and the threat that he had made Achilles and called his trusty messengers and squires, Tabius, Talithibius, and Eurybates. Go, he said, to the tent of Achilles, son of Peleus. Take Briseus by the hand and bring her hither. If you will not give her, I shall come with the others and take her, which will press him harder. He charged them straightly further and dismissed them. Whereon they went on their way sorrowfully by the seaside, so they came to the tents and the ships of the Myrmidians, Mar and they found Achilles sitting by his tent and his ships, and ill pleased he was when he beheld them. They stood fearfully and reverently before him, and never a word did they speak, but he knew them and said, Welcome, heralds, messengers of the gods and men. Draw near. My court is not with you, but with Agamemnon, who has sent you for the girl, Briseus. Therefore, Patroclus, bring her and give her, give her to them. But let them be witnesses by the blessed gods, by mortal men, by the fiercest of Agamemnon's anger, that if ever again there be need for me to save the people from ruin, they shall seek and they shall not find. Agamemnon is mad with rage and knows not how to look before, and after the Achaeans may fight by their ships in safety, Patroclus did as his dear comrade had bidden him. He brought Briseus from the tent and gave her over to the heralds, who took her with them to the ships of the Achaeans, and the woman was loth to go. Then Achilles went all alone by the side of the horse sea, weeping and looking about upon the boundless waste of waters. He raised his hands and prayed to his immortal mother. Mother, he cried, you bore me doomed to love, but for a little season? Surely Jove, who thunders from Olympus, might have made this little glorious? It is not so Agamemnon, son of Atreus, has done me this honor, and has robbed me of my prize by force. As he spoke, he wept aloud, and his mother heard him, for she was sitting in the depths of the sea, hard by the old man, her father. Forth the wind, she rose as for a gray mist out of the waves, sat down before him as he stood weeping caressed him with her hand and said, My son, why are you weeping? What is it that grieves you? Keep it not from me, but tell me, that we may know it together. Achilles drew a deep sigh and said, You know it, and why tell you what you know well already? Went to Thebes, the strong city of Etienne, sacked it, and brought hither the spoil. The sons of the Canians shared it duly amongst themselves, and chose lovely Creseus as the mead of Agamemnon, 
Patricius, priest of Apollo, came to the ships of the Achaeans to free his daughter and brought with him a great ransom. Moreover, he bore in his hand the scepter of Apollo, grief with the suppliants of grief, and he besought the Achaeans, but most of all, the two sons of the Atreus, who were their chiefs. On this, the rest of the Achaeans with one voice were for respecting the priest and taking the ransom he offered, but not so Agamemnon, who spoke freely to him and sent him roughly away. So he went back in anger, and Apollo, who loved him dearly, heard his prayer. Then the gods sent a deadly dart upon the Argives. And then Argives or Argives, sorry guys. And the people died thick on one another. For the arrows went any whither among the white hosts of the Canaanites. At last a seer in the fullest of his knowledge declared to us the oracles of Apollo. That I was myself first to say that we should appease him. Whereon the son of Atreus rose in anger and threatened that which he has since done. The Canaanites are now taking the girl in a ship to Creasy and sending gifts of sacrifice to the god. But the heralds have just taken away, taken from my tent the daughter of Briseis, whom the Canaanites have warded to myself. Help your brave son. Therefore, if you are able, go to Olympus. And if you have ever done him service in the word or deed, implore the aid of Jove. Oftentimes in my father's house I have ever heard your glory that you alone of the immortals saved the son of Saturn from ruin. And when the others with Juno, Neptune, and Pallas Minerva would have put him in bonds, it was you, goddess, who delivered him by calling to Olympus, the hundred-handed monster whom gods call Thiarius, but men, Aegean, for he is stronger ever than his father. When therefore he took his seat all glorious beside the son of Saturn, the other gods were afraid to not bind him. Go then to him. Remind him of all his this. Clasp his knees and bid him give him succor to the Trojans. Let the Canaanites be helmeted at the sterns of their ships and perish on the seashore, that they may reap what joy they may of their king, and that Agamemnon may rue his bindness and offering insult to the foremost of the Canaanites. Phineas wept and answered, My son. Woe is me that I shall have borne or suckle you. Woe is indeed that I live your span free from all the sorrow of your ships. But it is all brief, alas, that you shall be at once short of life, long of sorrow above your peers. Woe, therefore, was the hour when it I bore you. Nevertheless, I will go to the snowy heights of Olympus and tell this tale to Job. If he will hear our prayer, Meanwhile, stay where you are with your ships, nurse your anger against the Catanians, and hold aloof from the fight. For Jove went yesterday to Oceanus to feast among the Ethiopians and the other gods who went with him. He will return to Olympus twelve days hence. I will then go to his mansion and pay with the bronze and will beseech him. Nor do I doubt that I shall be able to persuade him. On this she left him so furious at the loss of her that had been taken from him. Meanwhile, Ulysses reached Chrysi with the Hecatomb, which they come inside the harbor. They furled the sails and laid them in the ship's hold. They slackened the four stays, lowered the mast into its place, and rowed the ship to the place where they would have her lie. There they cast out their mooring stones and made fast the halters. Then they got out upon the seashore and landed on the Hecatomb for Apollo. Chrysius also left the ship and Ulysses led her to the altar to deliver her into the hands of her father.
Briseus said he King Agamemnon has sent me to bring you back your child and to offer sacrifice to Apollo on the behalf of the Danans that we have made propagate propagate the god who has now brought sorrow upon the Argives. So saying he gave the girl over to her father to receive her gladly and they arranged the holy hecatomb all early around the altar of the gods. They washed her hands, took upon the barley meal to sprinkle over the victims while Creases lifted up his hands and prayed aloud on their behalf. Hear me, he cried, O God of the silver bow, that protects this Creasy and holy Sila and rulers Sinedos with thy might. Even as thou didst hear me aforetime when I prayed in this press hardly upon the Canians, so hear me yet again, and stay in this fearful pestilence from the Danans. Thus did he pray, and Apollo heard his prayer. When they had done praying and sprinkling the barley meal, they drew back the heads of the victims and killed and flayed them. They cut out the thigh bones, wrapped them around in two layers of fat, sent some pieces of raw meat on top of them, and then Croesus laid them on the wood fire and poured wine over them. While the young men stood near him with five prongs of fish in their hands, when the thigh bones were burned, they had tasted the inner meats. They cut the rest up small, put the pieces upon the spits, roasted them till they were done, and drew them off. Then, when they had finished their work and the feast was ready, they ate it. Every man had his full share, so that all were satisfied. As soon as they had enough to eat and drink, pages filled the mixing bowl with wine and water and handed it around, after giving every man his drink offerings. Thus, all day long, the young man worshipped the god with song, hymning him and chaunting. The joyous Indian and the god took pleasure in their voices. But when the sun went down and it came on dark, they laid themselves down to sleep by the stern cables of the ship. And when the child of morning, rosy finger dawn, appeared as they set against sail for the host of the Canians, Apollo sent them a fair wind, so they raised their masts and hoisted their white sails aloft. As the sail bellied with the wind that the ship flew to the deep blue water, and the foam hissed against her bows as she sped onward. <coughs> Sorry, guys, water break. When they reached the wide trekking host of the Canians, they drew the vessel ashore, high and dry upon their sands, set her strong pots beneath her, and went their way to their own tents and ships. But Achilles aboded his ship to nurse his anger, went not to the honorable assembly, and sallied not forth to the fight, but not in his own heart, pining for battle and a war cry. Now, after twelve days, the immortal gods came back in a body to Olympus, and Jove led the way. Thetis was not unmindful of the charge her son had laid upon her. <coughs> Sorry, guys. So she rose from under the sea and went through the great heaven with every morning to Olympus, early morning to Olympus, where she found the mighty son of Saturn sitting all alone upon his topmost ridges. She sat herself down before him, and her left hand seized his knees, but her right hand she caught him under the chin and besought him, saying, Father Jove, I ever did in your service and word and being or deed among the immortals. Hear my prayer. And do honor to my son, whose life is to be cut short so early. King Agamemnon has dishonored him by taking his prize and keeping her. Honor him then yourself, Olympian, Lord of Consul, and grant victory to the Trojans. So the Acadians give my son his due and load him with riches and requital. 
Job sat for a while silent and without a word, but Thetis still kept him from hold of his knees and besought him with a second time. Incline your head, said she, and promise me surely, or else deny me, for you have nothing to fear, that I may learn how greatly you disdain me. At this Job was much troubled and answered, I shall have trouble if you set me quarreling with Juno, for she will provoke me with her taunting speeches. Even now she is always railing at me before the other gods and accusing me of giving aid to the Trojans. Go back now, lest she shall should find out. I will consider the matter or bring it about you as you wish. See, I climb my head that you may believe me. This is the most solemn promise that I can give to any god. I have never recalled my word, nor deceive or to fail to do what I say. And when I have nodded my head. As he spoke, the son of Saturn bowed his dark brows, and the ambrosial locks that sway on his immortal head to a vast Olympus real. When the pair had thus laid their plans, they parted Joe to his house while the gods quitted the slender Olympus and plunged their death to the sea. The gods rose from their seats before the coming of their sire. Not one of them dared to remain sitting, but all stood up as he came among them. Therefore, then he took a seat. But Juno, when she saw him, Knew that he and the old merman's daughter, silver-footed Thetis, had been hatching mischief, so she at once began to upbraid him. Trickster, she cried. Which of the gods have you been speaking into your counsels now? You are always selling matters in secret behind my back, and have ne never yet told me if you can help it one word over your intentions. You know replied the sire of the gods and men. You must not expect to be affirmed by all my consuls. You are my wife, but you will find it hard to understand them. When it is proper for you to hear, there is no one, god or man, who will be told sooner. But when I mean to keep a matter to myself, you must not pire, pry, nor ask questions. Dread son of Saturn, answered Juno. What are you talking about? I cry and ask questions? Never. I let you have your own way in everything. Still, I have a strong misgiving about that old merman's daughter. Thetis has been talking you over for she was with you and had a hold of your knees the self same morning. I believe, therefore, that you have been promising her to give glory to Achilles and to kill much people at the ships of the Acanians. Wife, said Joe, I can do nothing but you shall suspect me and find out. You will take nothing by it, for I shall only dislike you the more. It will be go harder with you. Granted it is that you say I mean to have it so? Sit down and hold your tongue as I bid for you. I once begin to lay my hands about you. Though all heaven were on your side, it would profit you nothing. And this Juno was frightened, so she curbed her stubborn will and sat down in silence. But the heavenly beings were disquieted throughout the house of Jove, till the cunning workman Vulcan began to try to pacify his mother. It will be intolerable, said he, if you two fall to wrangling and selling heaven in uproar by a pack of mortals, and such ill counsels are to prevail. We shall have no pleasure in our banquet. Let me then advise my mother, and she must herself know that it will be better. 
to make friends with my dear father Jove, lest he again scold her and disturb our feet. If the Olympian thunderer wants to hurl all of us from our seats, he can do so, for he is far the strongest, so give him fair words, he will then soon be in a good humor with us. As he spoke, he took a double cup of nectar and placed it in his mother's hand. Cheer up, my dear mother, said he. Make the best of it. I love you dearly, and shall be very sorry to see you get a thrashing. However, grieve I might be, I could not help, for there is no standing against Jove. Once before, when I was trying to help you, he caught me by the foot and flung me from the heavenly threshold. All day long from morn till eve was I falling. Till at sunset I came to the ground at the island of Lemnos, and there I lay with very little life left in me, till the Sintians came and tended me. Juno smiled at this, and she smiled, she took the cup from her son's hands. Then Vulcan drew sweet nectar from the mixing bowl and served it around among the gods. Going from left to right, and the blessed gods laugh out a loud applause as they saw him bustling around about the heavenly mansion. Thus, throughout the lifelong day to going down the Sunday feasts, and everyone had his full share. To that, all were satisfied. Apollo struck his lyre, and the muses, muses left, lifted up their sweet voices, calling out and answering one another. But when the sun's glorious light had faded, they went home to bed, each in his own abode, and each flame woke him with his consummate skill and fashion for them. So Jove, the Lipian lulled the thunder, tied him to the bed for which he always slept. And when he got on it to where he went to sleep with Juno of the Golden Throne by his side. Wow, some really interesting stuff, this first book. But hopefully, um, we'll see what happens next time. Um, thank you so much for joining me this week. Hope you guys enjoyed this little um, reading session. Um, I will continue this every other week. Um, so I will be back for more regular news. Who knows? May I'll give a um, like a uh, review of my time at C2E2. Once again, like I said, I will be there on Sunday, April 2nd from 10 to 5. So like I said, you can catch us, catch me and my bro Biko on the floor. We will be dressed as Mario and Luigi. So hopefully you can find us. Uh, say hi. And if you want to be on the podcast itself, you can also check out. Uh, you can also tweet me at podcast 85 using the hashtag podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Hope you enjoy book one of the Iliad. If you enjoyed this reading, thank you so much. And like I said, I'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. Thank you so much for joining the Bonchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. You can check out the backlog of episodes on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. You can check out the merch store at talkpopculture.threadless.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at PodCult85. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkpop8520. Make sure to follow, subscribe, tell your friends, as always, eat God and take care.